Hello everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Restless. Today we're going to be reading, If You Play This Game, Make Sure He Doesn't Smile, by Shelby Gill, found on thoughtcatalog.com. A lot of things about that summer that I don't remember, but I can clearly recall the golden sunlight filtering through the diagonal green leaflets and falling like glittering rain onto the floor of dirt and fallen limbs. The sharp, rusted edges rusted edges of discarded metal cans would glint into sparkles with the precipitation of a cotton candy sky, and I remember spinning. I would whip my head around and my vision would blur into dripping watercolors. The trees would stretch and transform into an entirely new landscape, and if I closed my eyes, I could still see their sparkling outline in the darkness of my eyelids. Do you see it? I would hear them yell. And I hadn't seen it. Not yet. So I kept spinning until I felt like my feet would collapse and my insides would curdle into hard chunks. My feet began to clumsily trip over themselves, and I slowed my turning. My stomach lurched with unease, and I turned toward the gap between the trees. I see it! I screamed. And I heard the rest of them giggle with nervous excitement. My eyes blurred back and forth, my vision still mixing reality with the watercolor strokes of movement. The shadow stood between the trees, and it was tall. If you didn't concentrate, you might just think it was another tree, but my eyes filled with soft, wet blur. I could see each limb clearly. He stood just over eight feet tall, and as I fell onto my knees in the crunchy, dead foliage, I could make out his top hat and the coat trails of his tuxedo. He's here, I croaked out, and I strained my eyes to stay open. Don't blink, one of them ordered. My eyes flooded with dryness and agitation, but I kept watching him. He slowly tipped his hat towards me. He was still cloaked in the darkness, but Billy had said that if you stare long enough, if you just endure the stinging pain of inflammation, you'd see his face. Black eyes, Billy had said. Just black holes. There's nothing there. Nothing. And if you see him smile, close your eyes and wish him away. Don't hesitate. Never hesitate. Mr. Mortem, I said. That's the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. Lena fell back onto the gray carpet of my childhood bedroom with a muffled with a muffled thud. I laughed too, but the memory f- flooded back to me with painful illumination. So, Lena began, sitting up and crossing her legs. What happens if he smiles? I don't know. I laughed again. I closed my eyes. There's no creepy urban legend? One kid said that he would suck your soul out of your nostrils. I choked out in a fit of giggles. Another said he would pluck your eyeballs out with a wooden skewer and eat them, you know, so we could see this world. Nom nom nom, Nina laughed, grabbing a handful of popcorn and shoving it into her mouth. I bet he likes brown eyes because they're the most common, she said. You can see more, bigger worldview. I shook my, my head inside. If I closed my eyes, I could see that sparkling forest, and I could see him again. That night, 
He stood deep in the forest. The next time we tried, he was closer. And the next time, he was so close, if I had reached my hand out in front of me, I could have touched his blurred outline. That was the last time we played the game. I remember watching the curve of his thin gray lips begin to slide to a crescent, and I slammed my eyelids shut. When I opened them again, the forest was empty. The next morning, my eyes were bloody with irritation, and they watered hot, sticky goo. My mother made me stay home from school and told me to stop getting into God knows what in those woods. After a few days, the itchy pain subsided, and my eyes shimmered into a deep green again. He almost got you, Billy had said. I punched the pudgy flesh of his arm and told him to shut up. I told him it was all made up, and I'd just gotten dust in my eyes from all the spinning. I never told Billy that sometimes, as I closed to sleep, I could see him standing in the doorway of my room, but I'd blink, and the opening would be empty. Just the soft, filtered light of my bumblebee nightlight remained. I could hear his voice now, the squeaky crack of pubescent cutting through the word almost. So, are we going to play? Lena asked. No way, I said, lifting my body upright. Lena stood up, and she began spinning. She laughed into the emptiness of my old house. Mr. she growled. Mr. Mortem, show yourself. Come on, man, she continued. Steal these eyes and get me out of my calculus final. Lena, I hissed. Stop it. This really scares you, huh? She asked. I didn't reply. I just pushed her backward with my left palm. I'm hungry, she said, and we both stood up and moved toward the kitchen. The house was dark, and I flipped on overhead lights as we walked through the house to brighten the darkness I was feeling. It'd been years since I'd thought of him. It had been years since I'd seen his slim outside, outline outside of my bedroom. I chalked most of my visions up to childhood fear, and I tucked the story deep into the folds of my brain. When we reached the kitchen, I pulled a non-stick pan from one of the cabinets and clicked on the burner with a whoosh of heat and blue embers. I turned to see Lena headfirst in the refrigerator. She emerged with a pack of orange cheese in her right hand and and a green grape squeezed between her teeth. She bit down on the grape, and it squirted clear liquid across the floor a lump of gooey grape guts falling down her chin. Like an eyeball, she laughed and flicked her tongue down her face to reach the bits of grape. Sharp shrapnel. I rolled my eyes at her and leaned across the counter of the roll of paper towels. I threw the roll at her, and it wrapped against her cheek with a soft, soft thump. She reeled backward in artificial horror and then fell forward laughing again. I walked toward the pantry and found half a loaf of wheat bread. I unclipped the bag and pulled out four fluffy slices, letting my fingers drag over their pilled texture. Lena came around my side and laid two slices of cheese onto the open slices of bread. Butter? I asked. She walked back towards the refrigerator, and when she opened the door, I could hear the familiar buzz of machinery loudened. Aha! She smiled as she turned toward me, holding a stick of butter. She slid the brother across the counter to me, and I unwrapped the wax paper from the stick. While I slid a knife into the creamy flesh of the stick, Lena skipped out of the room, humming to herself. 
I laid one of the sandwiches onto the heated pan, and it burst into a whispered thrum of, sizzle, of sizzling. When I looked back towards Lena, she was spinning again. Her blonde waves erupted from her head like a maypole, and her golden, brown eyes were closed. I was about to tell her to stop when her eyes snapped open and her body and her body immediately stopped moving, the motion coming out of her limbs in shaky waves. I see him, she said, her voice sandpaper sandpapery with excitement. I see him, she repeated, this time louder. Lena, I whispered, my voice not daring to go any higher. Close your eyes. She fell to her knees, her back toward me. Lena, I whispered again. She laughed, and I took a breath. Maria, she said. He's smiling at me. Close your eyes, I screamed. The room went silent. Okay, okay, she finally said. I closed my eyes. I walked over to her, and when I rounded the couch, she opened her eyes again. Maria, her voice faded into a whisper. Yeah, I said. He's still there. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and as always, stay restless.